Hey, Unchained listeners. As you know, it's hard keeping up with the fast-paced world of crypto, so we've got just the thing for you. Subscribe to our free Unchained daily newsletter at unchainedcrypto.substack.com. You'll get the latest crypto news and original articles from our reporters, as well as summaries of other happenings and bullet points, plus our meme of the day, all curated and written by our amazing team. It's still your no-hype resource for all things crypto, just in newsletter form. Sign up at unchainedcrypto.substack.com. Again, the URL is unchainedcrypto.substack.com. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Unconfirmed, the podcast that reveals how the marquee names in crypto are reacting to the week's top headlines and gets the inside scoop on what they see on the horizon. I'm your host, Laura Shin. Element Group is a full-service advisory firm for the digital asset capital markets. Element delivers crypto economics, financing, and strategy advisory services for the industry's leading projects. To learn more about Element and receive exclusive research on digital assets, visit www.elementgroup.com slash unconfirmed. My guest today is Adam White, Vice President and General Manager of Coinbase. Welcome, Adam. Thanks, Laura. There's almost so much news to discuss, both from Coinbase's side and also about Ether not being a security, that I almost feel like this could be an episode of Unchained, but we won't, we won't make listeners slog through 60 minutes on a Friday. But before we dive in, I wanted to get your take on the SEC finally saying that Ether in its current form is not a security. What do you think the significance is of that? We picked a great day to uh, to catch up on this podcast because I do think today is going to be looked back and somewhat of a momentous day because what we're continuing to see happen with the SEC's announcement today is that we're watching kind of cryptocurrency and the technology that it brings that challenges a lot of the existing regula- uh, regulation. But policymakers and regulators also beginning to be open-minded and catch up to the space as well. And when we see kind of uh, clear guidance like today that Ether itself is not a security at this standpoint, I think that's great because it gives the whole industry the confidence to continue moving forward. And you have a really interesting place in this ecosystem. You're at a crypto company. And it's really, I think, one of the first that was like truly dedicated to compliance And you also constantly interact with Wall Street and regulators. And when I say you, I literally mean you, the person. From your point of view, what do you see happening as these different worlds come together? That's exactly right. So I I look after what we call Coinbase Institutional, and that's our suite of products and operational services to try to bring crypto into the institutional world. So the, the three products is one, Coinbase Prime, a new platform that we just launched a few weeks ago that's kind of a dedicated prime broker to institutions. Coinbase Custody, our uh, soon-to-be live qualified custodian for storing cryptocurrencies. And then Coinbase Markets, our new low-latency exchange that's really going to bring about the uh, markets infrastructure we think institutions need. Finally, all those those three products we have complemented by a team called Coinbase Coverage, which is the operational go-to-market team. So think sales, trading, client services. Myself and that team, we spend a lot of our time engaging with stakeholders in the institutional space, notably investors like um, hedge funds, crypto hedge funds, asset managers, but also others like um, uh, regulators and uh, other market participants like data providers as we look to kind of help bring this asset class to an institutional audience. And so as these different worlds come together, what do you see taking shape and where do you think we're headed uh, and where do you think we're where we are now? A lot of my job and my team's job is really education. So usually the first conversations we have is help us understand the current landscape. What should we be looking at? How do we start to facilitate and develop our investment thesis for cryptocurrency? So we spend a lot of time really partnering with our clients. We look at them much closer to to members or participants than we do customers, for example. 
really where I think the space is headed is that we're going to slowly but surely begin to move from this investment phase we're in right now to an actual utility phase. And what I mean by that is that Coinbase, and I think largely the industry has been focused on the investment phase. How do we create the ability for people to easily buy, sell, and store a bit of a bit of cryptocurrency. We're seeing price discovery happen there. And we've also seen a lot of the regulations kind of revolve around that. And today's SEC announcement is, is uh, no exception. What really excites me, and I think kind of underscores Coinbase's mission of helping create an open financial system is we want to move to this world of a utility phase as well. How are people actually using crypto to solve real problems and, and real provide real value? I think what we're going to see in the institutional space is first a movement into the investment phase, very similar to what we saw with retail, right? This market's been retail driven the past eight years. And as that institutional capital enters, better awareness, uh, more developers from that, we're going to see um, greater and greater utility or app applications come about. I think that's going to be a really positive feedback cycle. So let's talk about some of the news that you mentioned. Coinbase has recently acquired a few companies that will enable you guys to operate as a regulated broker dealer to run an alternative trading system or ATS and operate as a registered investment advisor or RIA. So what is the significance of those moves? We think it represents um, not just uh, an important milestone in Coinbase's development, but one for the industry as well. And I think it's, very, it's largely symbolic of a maturation of the space. So both clear regulatory guidance is beginning to emerge, and that's uh, not just here into the U.S., but abroad. And companies like Coinbase are trying to, uh, to follow that guidance and help drive it forward probably just as importantly. But it's also, I think, an important um, uh, moment for the industry is that we just see uh, larger and more regulated and trusted participants helping support the development and institutionalization of the space. So what that means for us is that um, in short order, we're going to have uh, a broker-dealer license that allows us as an introducing broker to onboard customers to be able to access security tokens. And as an alternative trading system, actually have a FINRA and SEC regulated securities exchange so our customers can uh, trade these assets, knowing that we have the uh, the safe and clear governance of, of regulators behind that. Beyond that, our RIA, or Registered Investment Advisor, will also help us offer Coinbase Asset Management to, uh, to more customers in an easier-to-use man uh, manner as well. And so it sounds like then you'll offer the full suite will be traditional crypto assets that function more like commodities, security tokens. I mean, it sounds like there's just this coming together of like crypto and, and Wall Street. There is. And this is actually a really interesting circle to tie back to the SEC's announcement that we may begin to see a world where crypto assets start as one type of financial instrument and end up as another. So, you know, it could be said that um, ICOs are going to facilitate security tokens and we're going to have to be regulated as, as appropriate to offer those. But maybe at some point that network then is is um, operating a, at a level that it's no longer a security and that token now becomes a utility token. And we'll see, in effect, one asset that starts as a security kind of graduate into a commodity. And from that, we may see the regulatory obligations of a company like Coinbase change for how we trade that. It's going to be fascinating to see the way it develops. And I think Coinbase looks at our position as really partnering with regulators and policymakers to help them understand the space and how the technology works. Yeah, that's interesting because... That would be sort of like the model ether might fit. They implied because exactly. they were like, oh, it didn't. We're saying nothing about the sale, um, which implied that they thought the sale was a securities offering. And now it's it's no longer security. So just briefly, uh, why don't you also tell us about your other institutional products, Coinbase Custody, Coinbase Markets and Coinbase Crime? 
Yeah, I'll start with Coinbase Custody. Um, we announced uh, last winter the plans to offer um, the the one of the first and um, hopefully the the most institutional grade qualified custodians for crypto assets. And we are on the proverbial one yard line of about to uh, launch that product and, and make it live. Uh, we're working with um, we've partnered with a broker dealer in the space that's allowing us to offer the the quote unquote qualified custody of security tokens, and the plan for Coinbase Custody is to store nearly every crypto asset. We want to have uh, an ability from a product perspective and an operational perspective to uh, provide broad. Uh, crypto storage for our customers. So we're very excited about that product. By our best estimates, there's roughly $10 billion of institutional capital that's waiting on the sidelines for a qualified custodian to be inside the space. I'm so, sorry, $10 billion or $10 million? Uh, $10 billion. Okay. Yeah. And we think that's actually a pretty conservative estimate. When you look at the institutional interest that's uh, come about for this asset class, we think this is a core part that what's going to be needed to, to help uh, usher in that, that next level. Sitting next to side by side to Coinbase Custody is a product called uh, Coinbase Markets, and Coinbase Markets is our um, soon-to-be low-latency matching engine. And the idea behind that is it'll provide a centralized pool of liquidity for all our different Coinbase products. So Coinbase.com, which we call internally Coinbase Consumer, Coinbase Pro, our new active kind of uh, individual day trading platform, and Coinbase Prime, our institutional kind of prime broker, are all different front ends that appeal to different types of customers that all provide access to the same centralized pool of liquidity. And we think that heterogeneous marketplace actually provides um, more efficient price discovery and a better trading experience for all those different customers. Going back to Coinbase Custody, I wanted to ask you, in the beginning, will you support all assets? Or, or is that, it sounded like that's a goal, but I don't know. Can you launch with that? That, that is a goal. So no, we are going to launch with some subset of assets that we currently support. At the very least, you can see the ones that we currently trade on our platform. So Bitcoin, Ether, Bitcoin Cash, and Litecoin. The plan is to add dozens, if not hundreds more over the coming years. And the idea is we want to be the one-stop shop where any institution can store their crypto assets with us. But just so I can understand, I mean, the back end for that is like, you need engineers who can deal with all these different assets, right? Isn't that? that that's exactly right. And if we look at Coinbase, one of our core competencies, you know, we've been around for about eight, um, about six years, is we think our security and our engineering team is, is kind of best in class. So um, I joined Coinbase as employee number five back in the fall of 2013, when many of my friends thought I was crazy. And fortunately, I'm still here, and I, it's been an incredible experience. And we think Coinbase has kind of grown along with the industry as well. We're now a company of almost 400 people. And by the end of the year, we'll, we'll probably be significantly larger. We have this core engineering team that we think will help us scale and add more assets um, in a very rapid manner. I bet now all your friends are like, oh my God, Adam was so smart. <laughs> um, the, the, the jury is still out for many of them, um, but slowly but surely, I think most people, and myself uh, included, believe this technology is not going anywhere. It's going to be a core part of the financial system. And quickly, out of curiosity, why did you guys rename GDAX to Coinbase Pro? Yeah, so the really interesting thing that happened is um, we all read a book called The 21 Immutable Laws of Marketing. And there's one of the, the laws that says customers can only hold one concept for a brand in their mind. So when we launched Coinbase, or when we launched GDAX, um, it was originally called Coinbase Exchange. And a lot of the feedback we got from customers was, hey, don't trade on Coinbase Exchange. They charge 1% because it's the same company as Coinbase. And we said, no, actually, Coinbase Exchange is an exchange. We have a much lower fee structure. So we renamed Coinbase Exchange GDAX to kind of do two things. One, differentiate 
differentiate the brand from Coinbase and two, represent our plans to add more assets. GDAX actually stood for Global Digital Asset Exchange. Um, over the years, what we found is that many people started to really become familiar with the Coinbase brand and started to kind of uh, question, you know, who is GDAX? How are they affiliated with Coinbase? So what we wanted to do then was pull everything back under the Coinbase brand. And what you see now is Coinbase Consumer, Coinbase Pro, Coinbase Prime, Coinbase Custody, and so on. All right. Well, we'll touch on Coinbase's acquisition of Paradox and its listing of Ethereum Classic and more. But first, a quick word from our fabulous sponsors. Element Group is a full-service advisory firm for the digital asset capital markets. Element delivers crypto economics, financing, and strategy advisory services for the industry's leading projects. Element's goal is to focus on clients in an integrative manner by offering all services a crypto-enabled company requires throughout its life cycle, such as corporate finance, asset management, OTC trading, treasury solutions, and technology services. To learn more about Element and receive exclusive research on digital assets, visit www.elementgroup.com slash unconfirmed. I'm speaking with Adam White of Coinbase. How does your acquisition of the decentralized exchange relayer Paradox fit into the larger Coinbase strategy? So Coinbase's mission, which we kind of continue to want to um, communicate is to help create an open financial system for the world, right? It's not to build the best custodian or to have the most trading volume. We really look at these as important milestones or stepping stones, but they're not the end goal. They are not the finish line. Um, we look at things like the Paradex acquisition and what Ron and his team bring um, are a couple things. Number one, it really helps us kind of remain a crypto first company. Right. What we want to enable is both the existing financial structure as we kind of look at low latency markets and how we're building Coinbase markets to provide uh, that infrastructure, but also things that cryptocurrency uniquely enables, like this idea of a, of a relay. Um, that we think is going to have profound implications on ways of using crypto programmatically in ways that are going to be maybe one day seamlessly to the, to the user. We also look at it as a unique opportunity to really accelerate the development of Coinbase Pro. And Coinbase Pro is actively targeting that individual day trader, people that really, truly understand cryptocurrency and are very actively involved. We want to facilitate the idea of uh, working with Paradex and the team and the product they have and look for ways to cross-pollinate that um, across our existing products so we can provide a better user experience. Oh, that's interesting. For some reason, I would have thought like kind of a more high-frequency trading thing would not work as well with on a more decentralized protocol, but, but you imagine that. Yeah, I think uh, different customers have different needs. And some customers traditionally on the institutional footprint want uh, low latency, right? They want a highly deterministic uh, type of trading environment, much very similar to the equities or derivative space. But on the active individual trader, latency isn't nearly such um, an issue. Sometimes what they want is self-custody. And when you look at things like what Paradex brings, it allows you to uh, custody your own digital currency, but be able to trade it safely and trustlessly. Those are things that only crypto can uniquely enable, and we think we have to embrace as well. Right. And let's just distinguish this from regular Coinbase for listeners who maybe don't know, which is that... When you're dealing on Coinbase Consumer or Coinbase Pro, then the assets are custodied here. Is that correct? That's exactly right. Let's also dis discuss Ethereum Classic. Why did you guys decide to list that? Yeah, so we looked at Ethereum Classic through our digital asset framework, which we think is kind of a best-in-class public framework for how we look at adding uh, a new currency or a new crypto security or a crypto token, better said, to our platform in a very transparent way. 
So when we looked across the, the broad spectrum of new assets we could add, we ran Ethereum Classic along with a number of assets through that framework. And that framework helped us decide that, that ETH Classic was the best next asset to add. I think it's important to look at that Ethereum Classic has been one of the top 10 kind of on average highest traded assets out there. And one of the things we look at is the uh, supply side dynamics. So, you know, how active is this uh, this um, token itself being traded across how many exchanges? It's only one element of the rubric, but it's an important one we looked at and one that we thought Ethereum Classic demonstrated. And judging from Brian Armstrong's Twitter feed and Coinbase's Twitter feed, there's a lot of demand to list XRP. Why hasn't Coinbase done that yet? Well, I can't speak specifically to any asset, but what I can say is we hear very loudly and very clearly from our customers the desire to be able to trade more uh, assets with us. And that's something that we are absolutely focused on and is one of our top initiatives as a company. So uh, we think Ethereum Classic is a great example of, of, the, um, of an asset that we're going to add and going to trade. And I can promise you it's not going to be the only one. Stay tuned for, for future announcements. Yeah, nice way to sidestep. But to go back to the question or that I initially started with about Ether, I do wonder if um, you know it will turn out that XRP is a security. We'll see. From the SEC's comments, it looks like perhaps. Something else I wanted to go back to was you talked about Wall Street being on the sidelines now. What do you think it will take for them to take the leap into crypto trading? So I think that's a great question. It'll take two, maybe call it three things. One, it's going to take continued regulatory clarity. So the SEC's announcement today is a great example of, I think, regulators helping us move this space forward. So I applaud them for that. Number two is institutions require the, the right suite of institutional products. So you have to have the table stakes level of products, and that's things like a qualified custodian so they know their assets are safely stored. Uh, an exchange that meets their performance and reliability characteristics. We actually don't think the space has that in spades yet, and that's why we're really focused on a commitment and an investment to help bring it there. Number three, though, is not just having the clarity and the right product set. It's also having the right operational services to help facilitate those products. We're really proud and very excited to introduce our institutional coverage group, which is based out of our kind of flagship New York office. That institutional coverage group is made up of sales, trading, client service, market operations, the connective tissue, the supporting infrastructure that helps institutions access this market. Uh, we've been incredibly fortunate to bring in individuals from the New York Stock Exchange, Morgan Stanley, a number of uh, regulators like the CFTC and SEC. We think building this backbone to bring these products to market is going to be a real differentiator for Coinbase. And how do you see that starting? Is Will it be kind of like in, more in the tokenized security space or... I think um, institutions, from my perspective, are most familiar right now with uh, assets like Bitcoin and Ether that are kind of well-known, have the deepest markets, the most trading volume. I think institutions now are starting to look at the quote-unquote longer tail of assets as well. And a core part of deciding what they want to trade is this idea of an investment thesis. So if I'm an asset manager, I just can't blindly say I'm going to put 1% into crypto assets. I have to kind of have a belief in what's going to happen and why I'm deploying capital in that way. And that's something that we kind of help partner with institutions to help them develop and, and create those frameworks. The other side is that many institutions, and I think Goldman Sachs is a great example of this, have heard a grassroots movement from their customers, their clients, to say, I want access to this market and this asset class. And if you don't give it to me, I'm going to go somewhere else. And in, in that way, I applied the firms like Goldman Sachs that are saying, we're going to help facilitate kind of the rails, the on-ramp for our customers to, to get into the space. And, and we're working with um, institutional uh, platforms and investors like them as well. 
And there are rumors about more um, traditional financial institutions getting into crypto. Fidelity is rumored to be building a digital asset exchange. What, what does it mean for Coinbase to have traditional financial firms entering the crypto arena? I think it's a, a great demonstration that this technology and this asset class is not going away, right? It is here to stay. I think we're still in the very early days. So many people kind of equate where crypto and blockchain technology right now is, is probably 1994, 95 in kind of internet uh, terms. And I think that's um, genuinely kind of uh, accurate. I think it also means there's going to be increased competition in the institutional space, and that's a good thing. That drives Coinbase to provide better products and services. That's going to provide uh, more optionality for institutional investors and capital to enter the space. And ultimately, as a company, again, what we want to see is this capital, this interest move into the space. So we can help move ourselves closer to this uh, utility phase and actually start solving real problems for, for people. And how do you compete against companies like that that have these long track records and these reputations? Coinbase has always had this perspective of keeping our heads down and building the best product we can. So, of course, we're aware of what's going on in the competitive environment. We, we see what's happening, but we largely don't let it dictate our roadmap or, or what our fundamental belief is in the products and services we want to bring to market. A lot of that is having a sales team that's very close with institutions and hearing directly what they want and then ultimately just providing those uh, products and services to them. Great. Well, it's been great having you on the show. Thanks for coming on Unconfirmed. Thanks, Laura. I had a great time. Thanks so much for joining us today. To learn more about the topics we discussed, be sure to check out the links in the show notes of your podcast episode. New episodes of Unconfirmed come out every Friday. If you haven't already, rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. If you like this episode, share it with your friends on Facebook, Twitter, or LinkedIn. Unconfirmed is produced by me, Laura Shin, with help from Elaine Zelby, Fractal Recording, Jenny Josephson, and Daniel Ness. Thanks for listening.